Hey everyone, it's Todd Duncan. Exciting announcement, probably the most important workshop I'm going to do for the entire year. It is called Irrefutable and it is on July 22nd from 9 to 1 Pacific Standard Time. During those four hours, I'm inviting every lender and their real estate agents and business partners to come and attend this live stream workshop. I'm going to release and show you the implementation track for the five principles of high performance mortgage and real estate practices. Every one of these principles on their own will change the direction of your life and your business, but them combined together will be a code of success unlike anything you've ever experienced. I promise you that. I got a text this morning from somebody who just in the first six months of this year has closed $100 million in volume handling that volume because of the five principles. Click the show notes below, enter promo code TODD50, and we'll give you $50 off the ticket price. And we'll see you on July 22nd, nine o'clock sharp, four hours of Irrefutable. Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey everyone, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to the Where Success Happens podcast. Every single time I do one of these, I have one goal, and that is to share truth with you on how to live your best life, do your best business, make an impact, have fun, and achieve a level of happiness and accomplishment that makes you feel great about your journey. Today, we have the awesome pleasure, and I have to say this with like a dangling sense of like joy, the awesome pleasure of spending time with Christina Jasper. And Christina and I have a beautiful, she's got a beautiful story, but we have a beautiful story on how our whole journey together started. and, and I don't want to give too much away, but I, I first want to welcome you, Christina, to our podcast. It's good to see you again. You look great. And uh, thank you so much for agreeing to join us. Such an honor to be here. I was so excited when I heard that we got to sit down and talk today. So thank you for inviting me. And all we really want to do is have a conversation about what does it really look like to claim what you want in life? And really, what does it look like to, to take adversity and to take challenge and to take things that are hard and all of a sudden see how those things can become the catalyst to really explode and, and create forward momentum for your journey? And, uh, and you have a story that's powerful around that. So I'd like to go back to, I'd like to go back to 2018. We, we had a special moment at Sales Mastery. And I'd like you to tell everybody kind of what was going on right then, right there, and what we did uh, to, to begin our journey together, what, what we did as a company to, to honor you and to do something for you. So give us, give us that start of the story. Well, I can remember sitting at Sales Mastery in September of 2018, and you had just gotten on stage. It was like the very, very first thing you pretty much said when you got on stage. And you got up there and you said something along the lines of, from life's biggest breakdowns come the biggest breakthroughs. And the bigger the breakdown, the bigger the breakthrough. Maybe that is not at all what you said, but that's what I heard. (laughs) And... I felt like the whole entire room went dark and there was a spotlight on me and you and I, like there was thousands of people in that room, but we were, I was looking at you like you're speaking to me right now. 
because one week before I showed up at that event, my first Todd Duncan event, one week before I showed up, I could not get up off my kitchen floor. That was literally the level of breakdown that I was in. I was, I hit my absolute life rock bottom. And when you were talking about that breakdown and that breakthrough moment, I just kept thinking, it's my time. I want that breakthrough. Todd says that I can have that breakthrough. I want that, but how can I get that? And I remember shaking like a leaf. I'm not sure if you remember that part, but you got off stage. I hustled my little butt right up to you, shaking, because here I am, like you're a celebrity in my eyes. It's just like, there's Todd Duncan, like (laughs) I'm about to tell him that I'm ready for my breakthrough. And the main thing that was stopping me from having that breakthrough was I was in a, uh, to be completely honest, we're just getting real raw. I mean, I was in a marriage with someone who did not support my working, my career, my success, and I needed Todd's help. To, to get me the coaching and everything needed to help me get to where I knew I could go. And, and so that was kind of my ask. It was really interesting. I remember, you know, I remember that event um, so well because we, we were talking about game changers and we were talking about the idea that breakdowns are your biggest catalyst for breakthroughs and that at every stage, every one of us has breakdowns happening all the time. It's, it's in essence, it's the idea that um, in order to achieve anything of greatness, to achieve anything of that kind of significance and that reward and the, the level of stuff that makes you feel accomplished, which is really the, the self-esteem issue of success, to feel accomplished, you have to understand, everybody has to understand that failures are really, really good catalytic moments that can change the entire success equation. And what we tell people today is, is that that success and failure, they're part of the same DNA strand. I mean, one produces the other and more of one needs the other or to get more of one, you have to go through the other and it's back and forth. And the longer that we see vision and the longer that we as human beings want to continue to achieve a level of that kind of feeling accomplished for the right reasons, you know, the purposeful reasons for being successful, then you better have an appetite for two things. You better have an appetite for failure, but you must have a bigger, an even bigger appetite for change. And I think that's what started happening in 2018. So um, from that moment where we connected and then between then and the end of the conference, um, I think we had a conversation with, with Hope in our coaching division and this, that, and the other thing. Tell your recollection of the story of, of what happened with your coaching scholarship and, and, and what we started doing. Well, for me, like I said, I, I didn't know a pathway to, to get out to Sales Academy. So I heard all this amazing stuff about Sales Academy and how it could really you know, launch your business. And at the time, I was an assistant. I wasn't a loan officer yet. And I thought to myself, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to North Carolina and I'm going to tell my boss I'm ready to be a loan officer, but I want to plan. I mean, I'm, I used to be a mechanical engineer. So my very first job a long time ago is engineering. And there is, for me, structure and strategy and coming up with a process is part of success. So I knew that Sales Academy could get me that. And um, so what I asked for is would you sponsor me to come to Sales Academy? Because to be honest, the person in our house that kind of held the purse strings, who was my husband at the time, 
I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. So I remember Todd, I remember you looked at me and you're just like, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> I think I kind of <laughs> took you by surprise. And not only did you do that, but I, what I wanted you to do and what you did for me is I wanted you to set a goal that was so big and so hairy and so hard for a first year loan officer that there would be no doubt that when I hit it, it was because I accomplished it. And you were talking about self-esteem and about how, you know, you have to feel responsible for your success. And for decades, for decades, I never felt responsible for my success. I always assumed someone else helped me get there. So that's why I got there. And, um, and that's because it's, I'm a really big supporter and public advocate on rape victims' rights. Um, I was raped when I was 17. And from that moment forward, I never was proud of myself. I had no self-esteem. It was gone. And that's what really led to my rock bottom. And, and so I needed a goal that I could hit that when I hit it, I could say there is not a person in this world that made me hit this. Only I could have done that. And I think the goal you set for me, you told me you wanted me to hit 25 million my first year. And you said, I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I mean, like there's like, this is going to be big. Like that's, and I had no clue. I didn't know how much loan officers did in their first year. I'm like, that sounds good. Let's do this. And um, I was assigned a coach through your coaching group. And, and not only did I hit that 25 million, I surpassed it. Um, 28, 28 million my first year, over 80 million my second year. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's just take a deep breath, everybody watching this. This <laughs> podcast is called Where Success Happens, and you now know why it is named that, because this is where greatness is birthed. I'm telling you right now that this idea of really taking a look at yourself and, and understanding that not only do you have, do I have, does everybody have the potential to chase their own greatness, but everybody has the responsibility to chase that greatness. And the reason why you have to have that responsibility is because you literally are in charge of the decisions you make that you have control over that unleash the illumination of the path that gets you to this level of greatness and to go from being an LOA, a loan officer assistant, to having a rock bottom moment before being at a conference and with 2000 people plus attending, and then to go through the boldness that it takes to approach the front of the room um, where I'm on a three foot stage and I'm six five and, and here comes Christina. And then all of a sudden, this idea of flow and moments, right? Moments are these things that are not architected. I had no idea she was coming up you probably didn't have any idea until you made the decision at some point during the opening speech, I'm going up. And now this is what happened to unleash the opportunity for Christ Christina and her universe to align to what she has always had the potential to do, but needed permission to go there and needed a new set of circumstances to, to get there. And I, I think the message that I want to send to everybody that's that's listening or, or viewing this is, do you know what your own greatness looks like? And, and do you have clarity around no matter where you find yourself that I can make a choice? I can make a choice for what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, why I want to accomplish it, and then I can go about architecting how to do it brilliantly. 
And that's how you go from no volume to 28 million to 80 million. And now in coaching, just, you know, four years later, still using coaching, getting engaged in coaching. And here you are, you have a whole new life. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. So take, take, so, so, so what I think the deal was, I think the deal that we made was it that you had to do 25 million and that we were going to put you on stage the next year. Was that's that right? That, that was, was the deal. You had, you had significant leverage in high trust selling. We talk about the law of leverage and the law of leverage mm-hmm. is you're less likely to fail when you've told others you will succeed. You and I had a moment where you basically agreed to do $25 million minimum. And we made that commitment to each other, right? Oh, and I thought about that. I had it written on my wall. I had 25 million and I had how many lenses going to take me to get there. And I had a countdown next to that of how many lenses I needed to hit it. And every day I'll look at that countdown. I'll be like, girl, you got 60 lenses to go. You better start hustling. And it was in my face every single day looking at that goal. And because I knew, God, I, I can't call Todd Duncan and tell him I didn't hit that goal. <laughs> No, but you know what? And, and, and you're right. I mean, you could have, right. But it's like, it's like, it's like when, when you make a decision and you make a commitment, and I'm saying this to everybody that's listening and, and, or watching or both, I'm telling you right now, the commitment must matter and it must have a reason behind it. And in this case, there was a purposeful reason behind this because Christina was about ready to come out of the valley and get to the top of the next peak. And she wanted it. And all it took was a moment in time, whether it was me or anybody else there or the vibe or whatever, you know, all of us have these moments where we get permission, right? We get permission to do better. We get permission to be more. We get permission to honor our own God-given potential. And what ends up happening is when you give yourself that permission to succeed, then you put into motion a series of circumstances that impact others. And I'd I'd like you to talk a little bit about what happened in 2019 when you were on stage and you shared what you shared, but more importantly, all of a sudden how your doors opened and somewhere in that room of 2000 people plus, you had a lot of people approach you and, and talk to you about what you had shared from stage. And I, and, and I think this is a, it's a poignant part of our, our story together because all of a sudden you risked it all. You, you made the commitment, you, you, you achieved that. And then you took it to a whole new level. Talk about that for a moment. When you asked me to come on stage, I think you told me you wanted me to talk about how do you have that level of success in your first year? And I realized I could not talk about how I got there without talking about what happened before, because all of it's part of it, right? So um, I remember taking stage and sitting down, and the first thing I said was, it's gonna about to get incredibly uncomfortable in here and very real, because I'm about to say something that not a lot of people say to a large group, a large room of listeners. People I don't know. <laughs> and, It all started when I was 17 years old and I got raped by my 63 year old boss. Um, It was one of the most terrifying moments of my life. And it defined who I was for two decades, defined me in every way. I 
was not worthy of love. I did not believe I had any value. Um, it was, it was a powerless feeling. And when you feel that low and not undervalued, the world controls you. You don't control anything in your world at all. And what was really important to me and a big part of my success is being open about why I want to succeed. So even when I sit down with my realtors and we go through their why, the whole, you know, what does success mean to you? Why do you do what you do? I open up about why I want to succeed and why I want to do what I do. And I want to succeed because I want to be proud of myself. I want, I want to feel pride. I want to feel worth. I want to feel powerful. Like that's, God, that's such a great feeling. And so I shared it with the audience because, you know, usually when, when you think about how, how do you get all that success? How did you do that 25 million in your first year? It was being vulnerable. That's how I did that 25 million. And being vulnerable with my referral partners and being honest with them, because all of a sudden you're letting them into a piece of your life that I don't know if a lot of other loan officers that let them into that kind of deep piece of their life. And after I got off stage, the craziest thing is you go from anonymous to everyone knows a very deep personal part of your life and your journey, not just any piece of your life, but like the deepest, darkest secret, the boogeyman underneath the bed piece of the life. But there were people coming up to me, both men and women, whispering in my ear, I have never told anybody this before, but. And what I hear in that sentence is someone's power coming forward. If you're hiding something, if you're not talking about it, if you're not being honest with yourself and honest with the world, you can't fully come into your power. You're being controlled. You're being controlled by the silence. I heard people breaking their silence for the first time. I had a complete stranger walk up to me in the airport when I was leaving and hug me hard for like a minute and then just walk away. Don't even know his name. <laughs> I mean, it was just, but that means that these people were having breakthrough moments. I don't know what it's going to lead to. I hope it leads to them finding their power too, but that's, that's what happened in that day. And it was beautiful. And, and, you know, I think what I, first of all, Christina, it's just like that, that, that memory for me um, on stage goes down in history as one of the most tectonic moments in almost 30 years of doing sales mastery. I mean, wow. real and people were on the edge of their seat. And the second thing I would like to say to everybody that's watching and listening to this is this is authentic conversation. This is what relationship is supposed to be about. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be about being vulnerable and being okay with vulnerability, being transparent and being okay with transparency and understanding behind vulnerability and transparency lies this opportunity for connection. And connection is what we need in all relationship. We need it with our own spirit. We need connection with our closest life mate, our spouse, our partner. We need it with our referral partners like real estate agents and 
you know, builders and, and maybe other business owners like financial planners and stuff. I mean, behind transparency and vulnerability lies the opportunity for connection. And if people don't feel permission to connect and they don't feel attracted to connection, it's on you for having the wrong conversation. And, and that's okay. It's about changing the dynamic of thinking you have to be something to somebody and honoring the fact you need to be true to yourself. And then when people around you align with you being true to yourself, the magic of connection is life altering. And, and, I, and I can say that with a, a tremendous amount of authority, having studied emotional connection for the better part of 20 years. So that's what you felt from complete strangers, right? Absolutely. And it's what I feel from my referral partners when I share these stories. And, you know, my why has changed over the past year. And it's been really interesting because I always I think we need to go through this once a year because so much changes about our lives and ourself that sometimes our why shifts. And originally I was sharing my why around wanting to be proud of myself and wanting to come into my power. And those realtors were bought into like helping me get that power. I mean, they, just, they loved it. They love the idea of being a cheerleader for me and being part of that story and, and their referrals helped that. And, and now I want to help other people come into that power. And I want to start my new why I want to change the face of the mortgage industry. I want to start getting people into the mortgage industry that we don't typically see. I want minority groups. I want women. I want the LGBTQ community, my team that I'm building, I'm building around that and that idea and I want to see people have a life-changing money and a life-changing career that could do amazing things for them. So my why is shifting more towards that power felt so good and that that shift in, in life felt so amazing. How can I help others shift their lives through my business? And, you know, everybody... Um... When, when you understand what Christina is saying right now, you you understand impact and you understand influence. In fact, you know, one of my good friends is Dr. John Maxwell, and, and John's a prolific writer. You know, he's uh, 74 years old, but you'd think he's probably 44 years old. He's just got so much spirit and fire to continue to help people lead at the highest levels possible. And one of the one of the laws that he teaches, which I've always been mindful of, is the law of significance. And the law of significance continues with this idea that one is too small of a number, meaning that you and I, Christina, we can't create significance if it's just us. Mm -hmm. And we can't create significance if we don't open up our arms to, to invite people into being part of something big. In this case, it's a you know, a, a professional mortgage uh, originator who has has trusted high trust, who has gotten trained, who has gotten coached and has gone out and now built a very real business based on very real connections in very real and deep ways. And there's only so much Christina can do with that power until she says and until anybody says, you know what, I want more people on my team so that power can go further and we can not only help people that are drawn into the team to achieve their own best life, but then to provide that opportunity for them as an extension of, of you and your brand, in this case, Christina's, to make that indelible and um, all too absent most of the time impact on people. So it's it's super attractive. And I think the, the, the interesting thing is when there's emotional connection, let me say it differently. The deeper the connection, the less marketing you need, the less selling you need, the less 
buying leads you need. You don't need, need any of that when you have emotionally connected partnerships because they attract each other because they want to see each other win. And there's this, there's this indelibleness that is, is really powerful. And I think you found that out in the two years, almost two years since you've been on stage, a couple more months, um, your business and your life has changed and uh, dramatically. And anyway, give us, give us, give us the uh, Christina 2.0 two in 2021 and take us to kind of where you think you feel inspired to go uh, in 2022? Well, first of all, and this is significant for me saying this out loud, I'm awesome. I never felt that way before. I love myself, like in the most best of ways. Like I, I want to hang out with me. I am happy with who I am. I am, I feel beautiful. I feel strong. I feel intelligent. It is like all the mantras I wrote on my mirror two years ago that I did not believe. I did not believe any of those things. And I wrote it on my mirror and every day I'd walk in, brush my teeth. Christina, you are beautiful. You are brave. Like <laughs> just read it and slowly but surely I became it. And so that's what Christina 2.0 feels like. It took a lot to get here. And I can't stress enough that if you're at a place in your career, in your personal life, I believe both of them are connected in a lot of ways, which is what I love about just the high trust mindset is that it's the holistic. It's just your personal and your business. But if you're feeling stuck or in a rut or at a low, it takes bravery and big shifts to break through. It does. I mean, just for me, it took massive leaps. And so some of the leaps that I took, um, a week after I left your conference that I was shaking like a leaf and I said, I need a breakthrough and you need, I need your help. I, I, I left my marriage. I was with this person for almost 20 years. Um, we went when we were 19, I grew up with him. I love him so much. He is the father of my children and I think he's fantastic. He just wasn't fantastic for me and for us. And I broke away from that relationship I surrounded myself with people who want me to succeed, like Todd, um, my high trust coach. I met amazing, amazing men and women who were all really excited about me breaking through and breaking out. Um, I started coaching with um, Michael. I'm not sure if I could say Michael's full name. Can I say Michael's full name? <laughs> with coaching with Michael Regan, who is an amazing person in the mortgage industry. And he made me see things. And so in 2021, I opened my own branch office. And when he told me I should be doing this, I'm like, Michael, what? Like, no, hold on, buddy. Like, I've only been a loan officer for two years. This, sound, this sounds crazy. And he's like, oh, Christina, we're about to get crazy. And it took huge bravery to do that because I was thinking to myself, how? how? And he's like, I'm going to show you the way. Let's do this. And all of that has just pushed me through into even higher levels with my own office now. And so moving forward, Christina of the future, I want to have a team full of people who has the same passion for clients that I have, because I think that's unique. And I think sometimes that's hard to find. I have clients that have invited me to baby showers, to vow renewals. 
And I've only talked on the phone with them. We haven't actually met face to face. And so and I want people who are making that kind of connections with their clients. And I want to change the look of what a loan. It, I want a mortgage to feel fun. When, when, when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I get them in the biggest debt they've ever been in in, in their lives, but they're going to have a lot of fun doing it. That's, that's how I put my job. And that's what I want for my whole team. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So um, here's something interesting. And, and I, and I give this to you because Christina brought it up. The, um, you know, the idea that you must love yourself and the idea that you must give yourself personal grace as you pursue your potential and your greatness is such a huge, huge catalyst to feeling good. And when people feel good about who they are and themselves, they do good when they go external to make an impact. And I remember as a brand new loan officer, I, I had some self-esteem issues. My mom was a very hard mom. She <clears throat> brought me up. Um, you know, I think her intentions were pure, but the way she executed was horrible because I was nothing in her mind other than a failure. And, you know, I didn't learn until later that that it's OK to fail. It's not OK to have anybody tell you you're a failure. And I had to heal from that. And I healed from that by understanding the power of choice. And I remember listening to an audio cassette in, as a loan officer with Brian Tracy, and, he, and he, he talked about the I love myself exercise. And what it was, was before every sales call, just look in the mirror and for, you know, 10 times, 15 times, whatever feels right, smile and tell the mirror, I love myself. I love myself. And it was programming. It was, you're worth it. You are worthy. You you are a human being with a soul and a heart and an inspiration and, and there's baggage and we don't learn to forgive ourselves and we don't learn to kind of shed the the anchors that we're pulling from yesterday. And I learned all of that by the the mirror and the mantra, right? And, and, and that was so powerful. And I remember one time, you'll like this, Christina. I remember one time I got out of my car, I was calling on a real estate office. I got out of my car. I usually do the, I love myself in the rear view mirror. But I hadn't done that and the car was locked. And so I remembered I took two steps to the real estate agent's office. I turned around. I, I kind of squatted down. And in the side view mirror outside of the car, I'm saying to the mirror, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And I go in and I, may, I walk in the front door of the real estate agent's office and there's 25 agents standing there having just watched me in the parking lot, <laughs> looking in the mirror and tell the mirror on my car. I love myself. And they said, what was that all about? Give me an opportunity to talk about, do you love yourself? You know, do you really look in the mirror and say, I love who I'm becoming. I love who I am. And it just seems so interesting that you gave yourself permission to oh, follow yeah. that same mindset. And and look at where you are today. You're, you own a branch. You have a P&L and you're in your third year of doing loans. <laughs> That's it, it blows my mind. And also, I think it's important to me now, and it's not something that I thought was important in the past. I do not compromise when it comes to the people I let into my life anymore. If they do not support the idea that I am awesome and brave and beautiful and strong and smart, I don't got time. And it helps when you clear out the people who are holding you down because once those people are out of the way and you say, you know what, I can't listen to this anymore. That's you're wrong. I'm not that, but they have to be gone. They have to be out of your head as much as you're out of your head. 
and um, and fill your life with people who who agree, who who say the same things and support those mantras. Did you have any lesson learning moments where you finally gave yourself permission to put that boundary in place, or was it something that, as you kind of healed from what happened and sharing the story on stage in nineteen, that you got clear on it? What was the transformation? Because what I see today is I still see a larger percentage of dysfunctional relationships than I do functional. I see a lot of relationships that don't have attraction chemistry and they don't come from the same kind of playbook, you know, if you will. And, and I see those thriving when you do and feel and see the attraction. And I see them dying when people are trying to make it work. And Mm -hmm. you said so vulnerably just on our podcast now that, you know, you were, you spent two decades of your life with somebody that wasn't a match for you. How important from your vantage point is it to send a message to real estate agents, to lenders, to business people, to owners, to whomever, that who you do business with matters and who you allow into your life matters? There's a really amazing book I'm reading right now, um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And a, a big part of it is about freeing yourself from relationships that aren't serving you because there's so many reasons why society teaches us that we have to stay in something that isn't serving us. It's kind of like we have been, we've been tamed into, you know, make that marriage work. He's the father of your children. Your children are going to be devastated if anything were to happen. I see my kids blossoming in a separated, different kind of family. It was hard. I'm not saying it wasn't hard. It was hard on everybody, but it, um, it's been really amazing to see that. But also I was speaking one time on the idea that you have two kinds of friends, two kinds of people in your life. You have the call me people and you have the combat boot people. And the difference is when stuff gets bloody, right? Like you're going to battle. Things are hard. In 2018, I was going to battle. I turned in my rapist in 2018, in January of 2018. After two decades of staying silent, I drove to a police department and I turned him in. That's going to battle. I left my my husband, um, and in a lot of people's eyes, that's I mean that's going to battle. That was that was me fighting for my life, to be honest, fighting for my greatness. And when I had this huge group of friends, all these acquaintances. You turn to all those people, you're just like, oh, stuff is getting really hard. I need help. All the call me people say, call me, call me when things are good. You're, you're, you're fun. You're great to drink with. We have a ton of fun together, but call me, call me when that's done. And then you turn around, you realize that of that hundred people, about three people have combat boots on and they're suited up and they're like, we've been dressed in camo for the past 10 years. Where have you been? And they're ready to fight for you and fight with you. Those are the people that stay in your life. And if you can start kind of looking at, you know, when things got real hard, who is the person that called me every day to make sure things were going okay. Those are the people that are in your side and in your court. And, and they're gonna be the people who lift you up when things get tough and when things are great. Um, And now I'm in a very incredibly healthy relationship with a wonderful man who really celebrates my success and my strength and my power. And man, is it a breath of fresh air? It is a different, it is, I'm like, whoa, I didn't know this could exist. So it's been really great. I I, want to say this really carefully because this is not about exiting relationships, Mm -hmm. but kind of. And 
whether it's a marriage or whether it's a, a business relationship, um, there's a couple of things that I think happen. One is, is you're, if you're in a, in a functional relationships where, where attraction is good and function is good and having each other's back is just part of the, the DNA of that relationship, then those relationships can have speed bumps, but they recover very quickly. And there's not a lot of drama around, you know, why we hit a speed bump in the first place. And there's a, a mutuality to wanting the relationship to continue to grow and thrive and succeed because a relationship is an organism. It's like a plant. Mm -hmm. if, we, if we let the weeds take over or we stop watering it or a combination of not giving it the right kind of love, which is, you know, akin to fertilizer, then the relationship dies. And, um, and what ends up happening is people go radio silent when relationships stop working. They avoid conflict resolution or even conflict discussion. And the healthiest mm -hmm. thing about what Christina just said is when you understand that life's too short to be in relationships that drag you down, that 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 choke you off, choke off your own positive attitude and hope and growth, or even when you put up with stuff from business relationships that are zapping your life force. Those are the things you have to put the brakes on very quickly. And, and I define a functional relationship as effortless, but not always easy. And what effortless means is that there's none of this. There's, there's no triangulation. There's no tit for tat. There is, there's this healthy kind of, um, I may have dropped the ball. You know how much I love you. Tell me how I could have handled that differently. Same in business, you know, you've called four times today and I'm concerned about that because it tells me that maybe we're not giving you the information you need fast enough or that you're overly concerned. Help me through that. Relationships need to be good. They need to be healthy. They need to be win-win. They cannot be subservient. You can't allow yourself to become a doormat. You have to dictate the terms of the relationships you're in by the spirit, by the connection, by the attractiveness. And there's nothing healthier. I, I'd like you, I'm going to go somewhere with you real quickly. We, we were a little tight on time here, but what was it like for your spirit inside of you when you made the decision to leave a dysfunctional, conflict-ridden 20-year relationship? What happened? I'm a very visual person. And I can remember like telling my therapist one day in therapy, when I got up off the floor, I made a lot of decisions that day. Um, and if I was going to choose to live, I wanted to choose to live the best life possible. There's going to be no more living mediocre. That, that's, that's not fun. Fun is living massive, big. I'm not going to curse, but F yes. I call it the F yes lifestyle. Um, and I felt like I was in such a dark place and I could feel myself walking through that darkness and then just being pure light. I could feel my spirit getting brighter and lighter and happier. And it, the only way I could describe it is I feel like a, a completely and utterly different person. When I think about myself in past tense, I almost think about myself. I don't even recognize her. I honor her. And she, man, she had a tough time and, and I love her, but that's not me anymore. Um, and 
it almost felt like, you know how you watch those baseball players who are running and have the parachutes on their backs, you know, to, to, to build strength. I felt like for, for decades, I was running so hard to try to be successful and I had a parachute. And I feel like the second I ripped off that Band-Aid, which was a hard band after two decades, I love him. I mean, it, there's, there's, there's no lack of love there. It's just that we weren't serving each other the way we should have been serving each other. We were not propelling each other. We were not pushing each other into success. I feel like I let go of that parachute. And when I started running full force, man, I was like an Olympian. Like I was sprinting. And, and that was a big part of what released me to allow me to come into my full potential. It really is. And I hate to say, I hate to say it on the radio, I'm putting it out to the world, but, but, um, but I do want to say he, he's beautiful, wonderful, amazing. He's a great dad. Um, but sometimes you could be married to a really, really, really great person. You're just not great for each other. Oh man. How do we wrap up something so powerful <laughs> as, as what just happened in 40 minutes? And, uh, um, my, my feeling is that, um, that when you love yourself and you de you de associate from and leave who you used to be and that you give yourself this separation of a fresh start, the art of the fresh start, that's where real power comes into play. And we all have stuff. There's, there's stuff that we all carry and the, the visual analogy of, of taking that parachute off and not be holding being held back um, unnecessarily. Um, hot air balloons don't go up until the ropes are cut. You know, there's stuff holding us all down and holding us all back. And uh, and you got to heal. You got to heal from that stuff. And you got to, as Brene Brown talks about, you got to you got to dare greatly, and you got to you know you got to hang out with people that that understand the the arena that you're in, the journey you are in, and you've got to give people permission to be vulnerable and transparent. And I think that there's nothing that comes out of that decision, but um, beautifulness when it comes to human connection and emotional connection. And so I'm going to give you 60 seconds to tell everybody um, what's on your heart as we wrap this up. And then I, I do need to do another podcast with you because I'd like to get into business, but this oh. has been powerful. <laughs> I, I want to what's it like now being a PL owner and, uh, and but 60 seconds to take us home, Christina. I really hope that anybody listening today, because this is a life passion of mine, if you're silent about something that is holding you back, that is stopping you from getting to your full potential and feeling your full power, what I wish for you is that you are so brave and, and that bravery can lead to such amazing things. But the first step in that bravery is breaking your silence about what is holding you back. And I don't care if you break it to a therapist or a nonprofit or a support group or a family member, you just got to start talking to get to where you need to be. And, um, but if you're out there, I don't know you, but I love you and I'm proud of you and you are beautiful and great no matter how you feel otherwise. So write those mantras on the, on the mirror, say, I love you in your car, rear view mirror, say you love yourself, start doing it every day. It really actually will change your mindset. Is that 60 seconds? That probably might have been more. I'm Italian. I talk a lot. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful way to, to wrap things up. Thank you so much, you guys, for watching uh, Christine and I having it. just a really real, raw and real conversation. I hope that, that I, I don't even hope, I know you were impacted because I'm impacted and, and I'm just having a dialogue with somebody I care deeply about. Take this to the streets. Understand life matters. Um, 
don't let others rob you of the joy and the happiness that is right there at your beck and feet to, to claim as yours. Um, make hard choices, get out of relationships that don't work and drag you down, be with people that are healthy and inspired that can blow wind under your wings instead of being a weight on top of you. Um, you know, just do those things and you're going to experience the greatness and the joy of watching life come into Technicolor and, uh, you know, you can leave the dark days, the cold days, and you can have a really brilliant, like Wizard of Oz kind of beautiful mm -hmm. you know, Technicolor life. And uh, Christina oh, yeah. telling us how to do that. So, I mean, for someone who was contemplating suicide two years ago to saying to you right now, life is the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing thing. So it is. It's great, man. It's I love it. I love you. I and love you too, Todd. I can't wait to see you in person and give you a big yeah. hug. Okay. Thanks, Christina. Take Thank care. Thank you. Everybody, see you soon.